2: Hello everybody, welcome back to the latest episode of the Turf Cast podcast pre-game show with me, Joe Rebbin, ahead of another massive game at the Turf this weekend as we welcome Aston Villa uh, to the Turf. Uh, Saturday, three o'clock, usual time. Um, as I've just said though, this one is a massive one and they keep on coming thick and fast on these massive games and that is starting to piss me off if I'm being honest with you. We've gone on this amazing run. Yes, without that amazing run, we would be dead and buried. Um, obviously, we've picked up 10 points out of the last four games. So, without that, we, we've gone uh, or about to go. Um, so, it is obviously brilliant that we've been on this amazing run of form. But the most annoying thing in the world is Leeds and Everton have also picked up form recently. Now Leeds, not so much right now, but just before we started our run of form, they're on good form. Of course, they only lost to Man City last time, out, to be fair. And in the first half, they looked okay. Um, but Everton getting that win against Chelsea, you would think after the run that we've been on, we'd at least have a bit of breathing space. All right, we've got two points. But you would have thought it would have been a bit more. These teams that are down there with us just won't die. Um, well, obviously Norwich have just died, but you know what I mean. Uh, the, the the ones that we're directly competing against. And it's starting to give me a lot of anxiety. I don't know about you, but uh, you've probably seen Viz's tweets as well. I'm exactly the same as that. He said he's waking up thinking about Leeds United's injury list. He's going to bed thinking about Everton's gaming. And I'm exactly the same. I'm sure all of you are too. The anxiety is just absolutely killing me. Um, But as usual, what we're going to do, I'm going to talk about the relegation battle for a little bit now. I have got an interview. I have got an interview with a Villa fan lined up. It will be coming up in around five, ten minutes. Uh, But just for those of you, I'm sure you all are aware of the current state of play in the relegation battle. But just to go through it again, just one more time. So Norwich are down, I say one more time. I'm 100% going to do it on the next pre-game show and on the post-game show. Um, So it's not one more time. But on this show, we're going to do it again. So Norwich are down, as you can see there, the arrow next to their name, relegated to the Championship. Then come Watford on 22 points, uh, 34 games played in 19th. They're going to go this weekend unless they pull out a shot result. Um, Everton, 33 games played on 32 points. Then come Leeds in 17th, 34 games played, 34 points. Then Burnley in 16th, 34 games played, 34 points. Now, like I said, without this amazing run of form, we'd only be on, say, for example, if we'd have lost every single game, which probably is a bit drastic to be fair. But after that Norwich game, it probably looked like the way we were going, we would obviously be on 24 points. So we'd be above Watford, but we'd still be eight points away from Everton and 10 points away from Leeds. So we'd it'd have been a you know a very, very, very tough task. So thank God. We've managed to turn it around uh, with Jackson coming in and we've given ourselves at the very least, at the very least, a fighting chance. Um, But yeah, that's the most annoying thing is to me, because obviously we beat Watford. We went uh, five points clear at the time, didn't we? And I remember to myself thinking, right, Everton are going to get beat against Leeds here. They are going to get uh, against Leeds, sorry, against Chelsea. They are going to get beat. They didn't. They won. Chelsea were shy. And having said that, a lot of the focus was on how bad Chelsea were. But hats off to Everton. They they did what we do to teams or did do to teams uh back in the day, when we just frustrate the life out of them. We defend for our lives, we get in their faces, we wind them up, the crowds behind them. Um a lot of a lot of stuff was made about Everton, you know, fans with the fireworks, and I thought that was a bit childish, a bit too much, but the atmosphere they created on the day at the Goodison, sensational. That was sensational. And that got them over the line that day. We uh, we have been sensational ourselves at the turf recently. The atmosphere has been fantastic. Uh, and I do think that has dragged the players over the line as well. Uh, Leeds are more than capable of doing it. I think all three teams are going to have cracking atmospheres down there at the minute. So it's going to be very, very interesting. But of course, that is the league table. Let's just bring in Burnley's fixtures just before we bring in everybody else's. So if you're watching on the podcast, sorry, if you're watching on YouTube, they are on your screen. Now, if you are listening on the podcast, I will read them out. So, of course, next is Aston Villa at home, winnable. Uh, Tottenham away. Uh, That's that's the one that's frustrating me. Tottenham away, right? This is why Saturday is massive because we are 99% going to lose that game at Tottenham. So we've got Villa at home then Tottenham away, then Villa away, then Newcastle on the last day of the season. For me, I think if we get six points, we survive. Genuinely, I do. Simply because we'll go through Leeds' fixes in the minute. I cannot see them. At the, at the very best that they can do, in my opinion, is get six points. I can't see them getting seven. I genuinely can't. I know people say, well, you can't rely on Chelsea after what they did to Everton. Yes, but Everton are far better defensively than Leeds. Leeds are shocking at the back. And they have been, all right, Jesse March has come in and showed them up a little bit. But they're still conceding too many goals. So I am pretty confident that Leeds will not get any more than six points. And I think if we beat Villa, that gives us a gap of three points between us and Leeds. As I've just shown you the league table there, that will give us a three-point gap between us and Leeds. And then Leeds won't get a point between now and, in, now, and not the end of the season, sorry, they won't get a point at Arsenal, they won't get a point against Chelsea, probably, in my opinion, fingers crossed, hopefully. Um, so then that gives puts massive pressure under them when they play Brighton at home because that's their game after that. And I'll tell you what I will do. I'll quickly bring the league's fixtures up. So when I'm talking about the league's fixtures, it actually looks nice and smooth. I should really get better at this, if I'm being honest with you, and be able to bring them up faster. Uh, but there is no physical way of doing it faster on this computer. You can even see there, if you watch it on YouTube, as it loads, it takes forever. Uh, so Leeds' fixtures are Arsenal away next, defeat. Arsenal are still going for the Champions League. You know, um, I can't see them slipping up against Leeds. I genuinely can't. I think they'll have a bit of fun against their defence. Same with Chelsea. I know Chelsea were bad against Spurs, against Spurs, sorry, against Everton. Um, but as I've just said, I think Everton, Everton can do what they did to Chelsea. I don't think Leeds can turn a game into that. I don't think Leeds are good enough at the back to be able to do what Everton did to them. They squeeze them. Uh, Leeds are quite good at squeezing, to be fair, but I don't think they'll frustrate them as much as Everton did. I think they will struggle on set pieces, Leeds, because they've struggled on set pieces all season. And Chelsea have actually done quite well on set pieces. Uh, this season in terms of scoring. So I do think Chelsea will get some joy. So I do genuinely believe that Leeds lose their next two matches. Then after that, they've got Brighton at home. Now I saw a stat recently that said, away from the top six, Brighton have the best away form in the Premier League. They've recently gone to Arsenal and won. They've recently gone to Tottenham and won. Um, I think they battered Wolves 3-0 at Molyneux. I think they've even won at West Ham recently. That last one might, uh, might be wrong, so apologies if it is, but their away form has been class. Now, if we get the win against Villa, that gives us a three-point cushion between Leeds and, and us. The pressure on Leeds will be absolutely massive there. The pressure on Leeds will be absolutely massive there. And then, of course, we're playing Tottenham on the 15th. Leeds, and we play Tottenham before Lead so if we nick a point out of that, the pressure on Leeds will be sensational. There, they might crack under the pressure. The fans will be nervous. I do, I do think they'll create a good atmosphere. But say if they go one 0 no down, for example, uh, can very, very quickly turn toxic. And of course, we've got Brentford away in the last day of the season. They'll have nothing to play for. That game does worry me a bit. But with Christian Eriksen in the side, they're a completely different side of Everton. They are very, very good. They've, you know, he pulls the strings. He gets the goals. He gets the assists. So I do think I do think they can have a bit of joy against them. But if if we have. A three-point gap going into that Leeds-Brighton game, I think I think they will crack under the pressure. But will we have the three-point gap? Who knows? Fingers crossed we do. But that's why this game this weekend is so, so big. Uh, that's Burnley's fixtures done and Leeds' fixtures done. So next, I will bring the Everton fixtures up on screen. You can see them on your screen. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening on the podcast, as you can see, the difference here is they have five games left, whereas obviously us and Leeds only have four. So they do have a game in hand. So their next game is Leicester away. Difficult, but winnable, I think. If they've beaten Chelsea, I do think they can beat Leicester away. And the the main thing with this Leicester game is, on the day recording this, I'm recording this on Thursday, they're playing Roma tonight in the European Conference League. And I think their eggs are all going to be in that basket. I do think their focus is going to be on that. And and if they get through to the final, which I don't think they will, to be fair, but if they get through to the final, then their focus is going to be completely 100% on that final. Um, so they might not put out a weakened team as such, but they might rest a few players, they'll take the foot off the gas. So I do think Everton can get something there. We all know how bad Watford are at home. They've lost 10 consecutive games, is it now? Uh, Everton could easily put them to the sword. I, I think that I'm gonna predict that they get four points out of that. Then then there's Brentford. That's 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 a, a weird one. I think they can win that. Yeah, uh, there's been a lot of talk about Everton's running being worse than ours. Um, and it was before recently, because of course, they've recently played Liverpool and Chelsea, as you can see there if you're watching on YouTube. But now they've got past them two teams. Their running is probably slightly easier than ours. They've got Brentford and Palace at home. Two teams that aren't mugs, but two teams that have not much to play for. Um, And they've got the worst team in the league at home. Um, Sorry, the worst team who are at home, but they're playing them away if that makes sense. So I do think they'll go to Watford and get a win. I think they can get a point at Leicester. And then that gives them you know that that does give them a bit of momentum. Uh, unfortunately, so we'll see what happens there um, with them. I think they can beat Brentford at home. I think they can beat Palace at home. So you know there could be quite a lot of points here here for Everton. But if it goes into the final day and Everton is still in the mix or still below us in Leeds, for example, you know they might slip up at Leicester. You know, it's, Everton are very bad away from home. Let's not let let's get this thing straight. They are very bad away from home. That's why I'm only giving them a point at Leicester. But Watford are even worse. At home. So I do think they could get a win there. But they could easily lose the next two, Everton, because they're away from is so bad. So fingers crossed they do, of course, but then they've got the two whole if they win them two all games, um they could be above us by then, um going into the gate into the last game. So I'm not sure we get much at Tottenham. We could get a win at Villa. Obviously, we'll talk about that more when we get to um the 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 week where the Villa game is. Um, but if they have to go into that last game of the season against Arsenal, say if Arsenal are still only one point, uh, uh, they need a win for the for the Champions League. For example, I do think Everton will be in massive, massive trouble. But there's a long way to go yet, yeah, and that's just what my head is doing twenty four seven. I'm sure yours is as well. I just thought I'd, I just thought I think out loud and go through all of that with you because that is my head. All the time. I'm constantly looking at fixtures. I'm constantly looking to see if Rich Arlison's been banned, which he won't be for picking that flare up. Um <clears throat> and chucking it. It appeared to be chucked into the crowd. Some people have said he chucked it away um through the gap. I'm, I'm not sure. I, I think it's irrelevant myself. If you're going to ban him, it doesn't matter where you're going to where, where you throw it personally. Um <clears throat> excuse me. Um, but yeah, just sort of do that with you guys there so you can see what my head is like. And I'm sure your head is the same as I'm well, sure so you're all working it out constantly. Let me know in the comments below if you agree with some of my some of my calculations, whatever you want to call them. Uh, and one more thing as well. I asked last time for you to like the video. I'm going to do the same again. Now, uh, the last time I checked, I'll just quickly check now. The last time I checked, I was about 29 subscribers away from 1,000 subs. Now, of course, 1,000 subs is the big milestone on YouTube. Um, so if you can help me get to 1,000 subs, I am now 27 subscribers away from 1,000. So if you are watching this and you've already subscribed, press the like button because that means it gets pushed out to more people. It makes more impressions so more people are likely to watch it. And if you are a new person watching this channel now, you're a Burnley fan. You might not be a Burnley fan. You might just want to see some fan content just subscribe. I'm only 27 away from 1,000 and once we get to 1,000, I'll stop asking for likes I'll stop asking for subs because we'll hit 1,000 so I won't be that bothered. Um, But yeah, like I said, this week it is a massive one. It's Villa at Turf Moor. The return of Danny Ings last time he played at the Turf was for Southampton. He scored the winner. Uh, Fingers crossed he isn't as good this weekend or he doesn't you know what just just don't play just 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 have a rest he's earned it and he scored last week against Norwich he can have a rest this week Gerard if you're watching definitely isn't but if you're watching just rest Danny in fact rest all of them stick the kids out stick the kids out and then yeah that that would be great but obviously last time he played for the turf he scored we know how good he is we know he's going to get the ball and run at the defence we know he's a good finisher um so it's gonna be a tough one but this is massive if we lose this one I don't think we're gonna stay up Honestly, I genuinely, if we if we lose this one, then we, we are going to get beat at Tottenham. 95% certain we're going to get beat at Tottenham. And then the game at Villa Park, if we just lost against them at the turf, what why should we be beating them at Villa Park? I do think, I do think Villa are beatable. They hit and miss. It depends which Villa turn up. And recently they've not been in great form. You might say they've turned a corner a little bit recently with a point at Leicester and a win away at Norwich, uh, which is something we couldn't do. People say, no, it's just Norwich, but we couldn't do it um so we'll see we'll see but yeah my head is going to and as I'm talking now I'm thinking and then just talking out loud so what I'm going to do is I'm going to pass you on to the next part of the show which is of course the interview and I am joined by Cole and he's from 7500 to halt. and just like that joining me now from the 7500 to halt podcast is Cole how you doing mate you're all right good yourself yeah Very good, mate, especially now the form has improved, especially now the Burnley form has improved. But of course, it's a big game for us, this one. Not so big for you. I look at you and I say, safe, safe job done. You know, they're not going to go down. They're not going to get dragged into it. I'll talking to someone today and they were like, oh, I don't know. You know, I've burned them in two games. Leeds win two, Everton win two and Villa lose them all. You, they could get dragged into it. But yeah, that means three relegation rivals, candidates, sorry, have all got to win two games. You know, for two of us, that's 50% of our games. It's not very likely, is it? What, what are you thinking as a Villa fan? Are you looking over your shoulder thinking we could get dragged into it? Or are you like on the beach, ready to sign the season off?
1: Um. I think before the Norwich game, it definitely felt like there was a little bit of pressure Um, now that you kind of sit back and look at it. I mean, you look at Leeds' schedule and Everton's schedule in particular, and you kind of sit back and think like, okay, Everton have beaten Chelsea. Fair enough. I mean, they still have a very tough run in. Again, so do Leeds. So there's going to be a few slip ups. There's going to probably be a draw in there that sees one of them safe eventually. But I mean, for us, um, it's definitely not where we want to be. Um, especially after the way last season went, but um, it is what it is. And uh, I mean, with our schedule that we have left, I would expect at least probably four points somewhere out of there, but um, Mm -hmm. hopefully one of those is against city on the final day. And I think a lot of people could probably figure out why, but uh, anyways, yeah, it it, it is what it is. I mean, I hate to say it's an at the beach kind of thing, but um, yeah, we're just kind of at that uh, stage of the season where there's nothing to play for, unfortunately.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's one of them, isn't it? It happens so much in football. Teams just take the foot off the gas. They're on the beach, uh, as, you know, as a lot of people say. But your form, I think it's fair to say, hasn't been great. Obviously, you got the win against Norwich recently. And I know a lot of people at this stage do say, well, it's Norwich. But I'm quite reluctant to say that because they we haven't beaten them this season. We drew at the turf against them. We got beat at Carroll Road against them. So I'm not going to sit there and say it's Norwich. I'm going to sit there and say, eh, good win. We couldn't do it. So fair enough. Uh, but your form, you know, you've won one out of your last six, is it, off the top of my head? You know, what, what's, what's gone on? Is it because you've just took your foot off the gas a little bit and there's not so much to play for? You've lost focus a little bit?
1: Um, it's a bit of a conundrum. I felt like, uh, of course, when Steven Jared came in, you get that bounce. I mean, of course, yeah. sometimes it doesn't happen. Um, it clearly did with us, um, had some good wins, um, barely lost to Man City, and I thought that was kind of a major turning point there. Uh, went through a little bit of a bump, won a few on the bounce, um, and then it just kind of happened all over again where we lost four in a row. And, I mean, keep in mind, I think within those four losses, I think we lost to, like, West Ham and Arsenal and a few other teams. So maybe things that aren't um, too out of the spectrum. But I I think when a lot of Villa fans look at it right now, it's, I think we like, I I do it sometimes too. We look at last season and we try to compare it, but I feel like last season for a lot of sides was just a kind of a, I wouldn't say a one-off, but with no fans and that being kind of a, a lot of pressure kind of off the shoulders per se, um it, it's hard to really compare it and um i don't know you, you th- see things from a villa perspective in the press with oh these aren't Gerard's players and yada 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 and there's that whole assessment and it, it, it's been just a really really weird unbalanced season and i mean no one had a perfect preseason um ours was just a complete mess Um, and it feels like we've just been trying to catch up one game after another with a few little positive moments in between, but to be honest, I'm just looking forward to the summer and seeing what happens because it's, uh, it's definitely been a frustrating one to say the least.
2: Yeah, fair enough. Can understand that. Obviously, you started the season quite poorly, didn't you? You got rid of Smith, obviously. You've just mentioned Gerard. I do want to ask about Gerard because he came in with a lot of sort of like media noise around him, obviously, because of his fantastic playing career. Did very well up in Rangers. Some people do just say, oh, it's the SPL. But you know, to to break that Celtic dominance and the fact that he's left now on Celtic of quite looking like they're going to win the league again quite easily. I think that shows how well he did up in Scotland. Um what are your thoughts on him so far then as the Villa manager is what I'm trying to say. Like, I presume you'll you feel like it's gone probably a little bit indifferent outside looking in, started well, gone dr- dropped a little bit, now maybe levelling out a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like any manager um, that probably came in after Dean Smith was always going to be given somewhat of a little bit of, I wouldn't say criticism, but maybe a little bit of a hard time, I guess. Um I mean we all know Dean Smith was a Villa fan um and at one point to have him and of course Grealish as the captain both as Villa fans I don't know if we'll ever see that again in my lifetime at least yeah. um or it'll be a very very long time so I felt like from that perspective it was always going to be hard I mean I wasn't the biggest fan of Gerard coming in I think with a lot of people especially even outside pundits I don't really follow Villa um it was a gamble and I mean it did work initially and i can see where the mindset was I, I think the biggest kind of gripe for me is still and i do get some people on social media arguing with me about this and saying there is a play style but i i still don't see it. and again it kind of goes down to the whole it's not his squad thing i mean how long can you really say that um so i i think that's kind of a, a thing with a major annoyance for me but I don't know people throw in the win percentages and if you look at just his reign at Villa we look like a little bit of a better side and yada 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 but for me I just feel like there's a few things that as a spectator and as a fan I can see even through a television set kind of sitting there and thinking I'm not seeing what maybe not what I would like per se but I'm not seeing kind of a clear identity and a clear kind of way that we're expressing ourselves. It always seems like it's a little bit of chop and change and we're just making do. So, I mean, I I guess I can be pretty hands off and I'll wait till the summer and I'll give them till next season, of course. So I don't know. It just feels like a lot of this season has been a lot of excuses and a lot of um, kind of protecting him per se. Um, so we'll have to wait and see, but I'm not against them, but I'm still a little yeah. hesitant. Of course, I've, uh, I've been through too many scary points of where I started supporting Villa and then being relegated to uh, be too comfortable. So,
2: <laughs> yeah, fair enough. It's interesting that I thought, I thought it'd be quite a bit more positive when speaking about Gerard if I'm being honest. Um, but you mentioned there, you don't feel like it has a clear play style. What is different then from when Dean Smith was here to what is Gerard is trying to do now or, or isn't trying to do in your eyes? Um,
1: I would say the main thing I've noticed more so, maybe not even than play style is, um, I wouldn't say there wasn't an accountability under Dean Smith, but there's definitely a lot more kind of arm around the shoulder, comfortable, uh, post-match pressers. He'd protect his players a lot more. And I feel like Jared's much more emotional, emotional. You can see him kind of slouching in his seat, um, his, Post match comments are very emotional in some circumstances. Mm. They've definitely gotten a little bit more, um, I guess, better and or more mature, I guess you could say, because some I'm thinking, okay, you probably shouldn't say that. But um, in terms of kind of on the pitch, um, again, it, it, it's so tricky to really identify because it feels like one week we're playing one kind of setup formation with two strikers and extra playing um, with one. Uh, We could have Coutinho out on the left, and then the second half, we could have him in the middle. Um, It's just been very chop and change, and I I don't want to come off as a negative fan, because I I don't feel like I am a negative Villa fan, but it's just one of those things where we don't really know how we're going to set up week from week, and you, you look at the Burnley game in particular, you guys are still a very physical side that now... Shandaija's left. You're expressing yourselves a little bit more. You can definitely see that in the few games I've watched since his departure, and uh, I I see that, and I think, okay, how does this Villa side kind of set up for that in particular? Mm. So for me, it's going to be interesting because I sit back and look at, I guess, what some people would call maybe Gerard's core side with Coutinho um, in the middle in particular, and I think. It might not be the easiest day especially for him because he doesn't seem to uh kind of uh pull up his socks per se when he's on the away days let's say that for sure <laughs> yeah I'm,
2: I'm glad you've mentioned Coutinho I'm kind of glad you've said that as well because I'd last night I was doing some research uh, research for this show and I noticed on the Villa hashtags there's a lot of not negativity towards Coutinho but oh, well, he's only turned up in three games you know he's got missing too much is that is that a fair assessment do you feel like he's not well, you said you just said that he's not pulling his socks up in the away days, so he's by that logic, he's probably going missing in too many games. Is that a fair assessment?
1: Yeah, I shouldn't say he's not trying or anything like that. Um, I don't want it to come out like that, but I mean, if you look at the numbers of his goals and assists, I think literally maybe 95% of them are at Villa Park, so yeah. I don't know what it is there. And I, I think, I mean, I've said this on um, our podcast as well. Um, I feel like, I mean, coming from Barcelona, where he's barely played for the last two or so seasons and then to be thrown in. And I think he's literally played every game possible since um, it's a lot to expect for someone. You can say he's a professional, he's whatever it is. a yeah. it, it is a major adaptive moment to just play games game or weekend and week out, I should say. So, I give him some slack there and I mean I I guess the onus maybe falls on Gerard to make that change I mean we still have Emmy Buendia as well and that's been a a a big thing for the fan base kind of wondering what he has to do to get back in this side and we see him come on as a substitute and he kind of has that hunger and passion and we do look a little bit better at times so it'll be interesting um I mean for me with Coutinho I I mean it's been probably the best signings like biggest name that I've seen in my decade or so of being a Villa fan but you do sit back and kind of wonder if you're going to play him week in week out are you really going to get the best out of him especially in physical situations like Burnley too so Hmm. I mean I'm sure he'll start I still throw that question out there but there's no doubt in my mind anymore.
2: Yeah, it's interesting that because until recently the midfield has been on weakest part all season so a player like Coutinho could have easily had a lot of joy against us but since Dyche has left Westwood unfortunately got injured um, and it's a shame that we had to have such a nasty injury to Ashley Westwood who of course used to play for Villa for Jack Cork to come in the side but Jack Cork has come in the side and he's We've been, a lot of the fans have been saying it for a while, especially on this show, that Jack Cork should have been in the middle with one of the two, ideally Josh Browner, which is who he's obviously playing with now because I could have said Westwood is injured. And Jack Cork will mop pretty much anything up. If you watch the game against uh, Southampton, even Watford, Wolves, he was just in there making the tackles, not necessarily the crunching physical tackles, but just mopping it up and flying across and, and winning the ball. So hopefully... Jack Cork will throw, throw a few of them in, Coutinho will be like, no, nah, I don't really fancy this, I'm going to go missing for the next 85 minutes and then we might get some joy in there. But it's also because we're not just hoofing it as much as we are doing. We get the ball, we look for the, for the strikers, a big hoof, now we're actually getting the ball down, we're playing it into feet, we're not bypassing the midfield. Um, so yeah, we might get a little bit of joy in there if Coutinho doesn't show up, but of course he's got the quality, we all know he's got the quality, so it would be interesting to see. Uh, how Coutinho plays on Saturday. But I do want to talk to you about Burnley and your perception of sort of like the things that have gone on recently. Of course, we are in the mire of a relegation battle. If it wasn't for the recent sacking of um, Daesh, we could well and be dead and buried by now. Obviously, like I said, we've we've already lost to Norwich. Um, I've just said that earlier. Uh, but since then, we've turned it around. Obviously, we've got a point at West Ham, should have won, then won three games after that. So. Yeah, what were your thoughts on the sacking of Sean Dyche at the time? Because the entire football world was just like, oh my God, Dyche has gone from Burnley. that's ridiculous. There was a lot of criticism. Even I was like, I don't understand why we've made this decision. But obviously now, it's kind of looking like the right decision. Is that fair to say? I,
1: I guess it's too early to tell. I mean, I would say the best way to judge it is how you guys start next season in particular. I mean, you guys had a, a very... Um, I mean, you guys don't really spend a lot of money so I think that's the thing too I mean to stay in the league for as long as Burnley have on the budget Sean Dyche has done a wonderful job in terms of that and I mean that has to be massively applauded for and I think he'll definitely be looked at by many clubs because of that so I mean from the Burnley perspective it's I, I feel like you can kind of throw some comparisons to when Jared came in it's that bounce it's that kind of um release of emotion and maybe expressing yourselves and kind of saying okay I still want to be here next season I have a, a job to do and I want to prove to you that I can do this so I, I feel like you're probably getting a mix of that as well so I mean it, it's definitely tough to say is this a just a new manager bounce okay he's gone I better smart my act up kind of thing like that or is this Burnley finally expressing themselves being a little bit more free fro- uh, free flowing if I can pronounce my words um it's really hard to say to be honest because again it's it's just such an emotional release for fans especially i mean he's been there for what a decade roughly if not more just
2: short of a decade nine years more than nine years like just less than 10
1: so i I mean you get so comfortable and you sit back and you think of the scope of work that he's done he's brought you up you went down you immediately came back up and he stabilized you so it's a very it's almost i don't want to say it's a be careful what you wish for thing but you do see it from certain clubs where they're setting their ways one way and maybe the one example i don't know if it's the greatest um would be stoke when they had pulis and they stayed up every season and it wasn't very yeah. exciting but you know what you got then they start to go for mark hughes had what one great season and then within the next two they were down so i'm not saying that's burnley or anything like that but i at the same time I I would have to say be careful what you wish for I guess even though I didn't want to say that um but I mean in terms of what Burnley have pulled off um one hell of a job I think you guys are clear and safe to be honest I think it's between uh Leeds and Everton for me and I think Everton really have to go on a run here if there's any chance but
2: that's that that was my next question I was just gonna ask you who do you think is going down obviously I'm a Burnley fan so I'm still gonna look at it with a lot of anxiety. It's causing me you know, a lot of anxiety in my day-to-day life. I am not going to lie. <laughs> Especially the fact that I work in Leeds and I've just found out that my personal trainer is changing to a guy who's a Leeds fan. So that's that's another big aspect of my life. It's just Leeds is pretty much part of my life that I don't really need it to be right now. Um, but I, I see this game as massive. If we get beat by you at the turf, the chances are we'll get beat by you at Villa Park and we are going to get beat against Tottenham at Tottenham. Then the only winnable game after that is Newcastle at home. And they've obviously hit a lot of form recently, so this game is huge. We have to beat you on Saturday, in my opinion, to be able to to be able to stay. We have to get four points, I think, from these games—the Burnley and Villa games. If we lose three, def- three minimum, four ideally. Um, But yeah, that's my question. Who do you think is going down? Like I said, I'm I'm a little bit anxious. This game is massive. If we beat you, I'll start feeling a lot more confident. But I said that before the Watford game. But the problem with that was Everton pulled off a result that I didn't think they were going to do. But um, yeah, Leeds have got Arsenal and Chelsea up next before two winnable games. Everton have still got some tough games. I think Everton's running's probably easy a little bit slightly now they've got past Liverpool and Chelsea. But you know, there's still some tough teams in there. But who do you think is going to slip into the Championship? It it's really,
1: I mean, who do I want versus who do I think? Um I have a sneaky suspicion. It's going to be leads to be honest. I just, I, I sit back and I think that uh Jesse Marsh has come in and I don't really see much improvement. There's been a few points here or there and they, they haven't really been talked about as under threat, which I feel like is very odd. Um yeah. It just seems very somber kind of setting around there. So I wouldn't be shocked. Um, I mean, Everton, I think, still have a game in hand, if I'm thinking correctly. So, yeah. and I honestly I wouldn't be shocked if uh, if Everton kind of get a surprise result here very soon again. So I don't know, I'll have to wait and see, but I think it's going to be Leeds for some weird reason. And in regards to Burnley, I, I think when you look at like, playing us twice, which is weird that we still haven't played each other uh, yeah. and, and we're in May, um, yeah. I would not be shocked if we lost one and drew one to be honest I don't know what it is against Burnley but we always struggle I, I think of that was it the 3-2 um yeah last season?
2: yeah um, that was last season it must see, it must that yeah. like ages ago because we've not played it sure yet this season but it were last season. I think we went one the up and you turned it around to 2-1 I'm thinking here we go and obviously we managed to turn it back around again but the year before that obviously you still had Jack Grealish you might have had Jack Grealish. Obviously, you did have Jack Grealish, but I don't know if he played. He might have been injured. I'm not sure. But Jack Grealish absolutely ran the short of the turf on New Year's Day a couple of years ago. And that's, I think you won 1 0 or 2 0. Absolutely. Oh, totally that was the Wesley game.
1: Yes. Yes. That was 2 0, mm. I think. Yeah.
2: Yeah, you absolutely, absolutely dominated that game. Jack Grealish ran the show. He absolutely ran the show. He was it was fantastic that game. But uh yeah, you said there you won't be shocked if we if you lost one and, and drew one. That would be ideal if we can come to some sort <laughs> of an arrangement. You know, you'll be on forty one points. We'll you know, we'll get an extra four points and we should see you safe, really. Uh what are your predictions for this this game then this weekend? Um
1: we haven't really done that well away lately, so um, I would not be shocked with a one-all. So I think I'm going to be safe and say there's there's your point.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. Well, I'll, I'll take that point if we can have three at Villa Park, but ideally ideally, we need to win this weekend simply because I, 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 I think Leeds do get beat this weekend against Arsenal, but they can pull out a result against Chelsea because Everton did, mm-hmm. so I'm not relying on Chelsea again, even though Leeds are a lot worse at the back. Um, if If we can get to a point where... We get an extra three-point edge on Leeds. That's going to put the pressure on them up so much because when they play Brighton at home, if they've lost their next two against Arsenal and Chelsea, which is more than possible, then the pressure will be on them and they could start making mistakes. The Ellen Road crowd can get on the back because obviously big crowds always can be like that. Um, So fingers crossed. And Brighton are good away from home. Brighton have just beaten Tottenham away from home, Arsenal away from home. West Ham as well, I think, recently, so fingers crossed. Uh, But that's pretty much it, though, uh, for the show. Do you just want to let everybody know where they can find you, where they can listen to you, where they can watch you?
1: Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me on, first and foremost. Um, If you want to hear any Villa perspective, of course, you can find us on Twitter at 7500 to Holtz. And if you want to listen to a Villa podcast, um, any good audio player, you can find us. It'd be the Holtcast, or Holtcast, I guess, would be the simplest way
2: to put it. Yeah, fair enough. Well, thanks for coming on the show call and hopefully, well, mind you, we've still got a game left. I am going to say hopefully I'll speak to you next season, but I might even be speaking <laughs> to you in two weeks. Who knows? I might do something a bit different so we don't have the same person on the show just in two weeks later, but hopefully I'll speak to you next season.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You might be less stressed, I guess, in a couple of weeks. You never know. So we'll have to wait Fingers and see. Fingers crossed,
2: mate. Fingers crossed.